Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Monday, February 12th. Happy Hug Day, which is day six of Valentine's week and is celebrated by passing out hugs, obviously. And people, I can't stress this enough, celebrate responsibly, or this will turn into I Need Bail Day pretty quick. You're not the president or a CNN talking head. Them B-System priests can get away with getting all gropey. You can't. And it's like immoral and stuff. So there's that. And I had this big old lecture prepared about how, fellas, a better idea would be to celebrate Global Movie Day and ask that girl you've been staring sideways at to watch one of them with you. In a theater. Not the converted storage shed you live in out back of your parents' house. No, fellas, y'all need to rinse off, put on a shirt with no Yodas on it, and take her out in public. And movies are easy first dates. Cause you get to hold hands in the dark for two hours without having to maintain intelligent conversation. And afterwards, you can put that off even longer by discussing the use of metaphor in whatever MCU trash y'all just sat through. And maybe, by the time she figures out intelligent conversation ain't really a card in your deck, she's invested. But movie day was yesterday, so forget it. Windows closed. But Bible y'all Paul, that's a pretty cynical way to look at dating, don't you think? Who hurt you? Okay, maybe so, and none of your business. But you gotta think. We're three or four generations into participation trophies and two plus two equaling whatever pumps your self-esteem. Valuing achievement is heresy in the B system. But boy-girl relationships are gifts of God and are meant to be worked at and achieved, which they ain't no more. Cause most young folks don't value themselves or each other. So my prayer is that for every one of y'all thinks I'm cynical, there's a repentant incel or OnlyFans model out there taking notes. Our reading for today is Exodus 34, 1 through 35, 9, Matthew 27, 15 through 31, Psalm 33, 12 through 22, and Proverbs 9, 1 through 6. So if y'all are ready, come with me if you want to live. See what I did there because of that movie thing? But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on the 11th in the Old Testament, we read Exodus 32, 1 through 33, 23. So remember how every time Moses brought some more law, the Jews were like, absolutely, no problem. We're totally on board. Remember that? Well, Moses has been up on this mountain for about 40 days with God in a giant cloud of smoke and fire that everybody everywhere could see. And they knew that's what it was because the last time they saw it, it scared them and they refused to get near it again. Not to mention all the other miracles they've been watching this whole time. So it ain't like they don't know what the deal is. Still, Moses has barely been gone any time at all before the rest of Israel decides to forget all about the one true Lord of Lords and just make some idols to worship. Why would they do this? Don't know. But they took all their golden earrings and dragged poor Aaron into this and he melted them down and verse 4 says he fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf idol. He literally made a graven image, which is like rule number two not to do. <laughs> and then he made an altar to it. Meanwhile, up on the mountain, God's done give all the info and blueprints and stuff to Moses, and he's just getting ready to turn him loose. And God's like, wait a second, Moses, you ain't gonna believe this. Thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. Oh, really? What'd they do? Well, they turned on me and made a golden calf idol and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel. And you know what? 
I'm over it. Let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them and that I may consume them. And after I kill every last one of them, you and me will start over from scratch and I'll make of thee a great nation. And Moses is like, well, wait a second, boss. Let me start by reminding you these are as much your people as mine. And it was by your mighty hand that you brought them out of Egypt. And that was epic. They're going to be talking about that for 5,000 years. But if you kill them all now, it won't look good for you, especially to the Egyptians. They'll say, for mischief did he bring them out, to slay them in the mountains. So before you make any big decisions, let me go talk to them. And of course, I don't really think this was how it all went down. I don't think that any of this was a surprise for God. He knew how all this was going to happen before he ever made the world. But he often presents himself as if he were in linear time with us so that we can better understand him. So that threat to kill him was probably all for Moses' benefit. He may have wanted to kill him, but what he wanted more was for Moses to understand the situation and step into the role of intercessor, which he does. A lot, as it happens. So Moses and Joshua, because he was up there too, he just wasn't in the cloud with Moses, they head down and they find the Jews flat throwing down. They're partying so hard it sounds like a war. Basically, it sounds like they were having a giant orgy. And this makes him so mad he smashes the stone tablets that God gave him. Moses has a temper, and this will get him in trouble later. And he took that golden calf and ground it up into powder and mixed it with water and made the Jews drink it. And I bet that was something to watch. And he turns to look at Aaron, and Aaron's like, they made me do it. All I did was throw some gold into the fire and out popped this calf. Yeah, okay, right. Go stand over there, Aaron, and all y'all Levites go stand next to him. As for the rest of you, who is on the Lord's side? Y'all go stand over there too. Okay, Levites, take your swords and kill everybody else that ain't on the Lord's side. And they killed about 3,000 men. Moses is going to nip this in the bud. So Moses goes back up the mountain and he's like, okay, you're right, that was pretty bad. And you probably ought to kill them. But look, if you could forgive them as a favor to me, I'd really appreciate it. And if not, you can go ahead and blot my name out too. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. But the rest of them can live. Why don't you go on back down the mountain and we'll continue on with our plan to take them to the promised land. But they in trouble and they getting punished. Make no mistake. And the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf, which Aaron made. And I know that's all my paraphrase, the way I like to do to help make things clear, but I really am struck that the Lord and Moses really do seem to talk to each other like this, like two buddies meeting face to face. They just have that kind of intimate relationship. And in chapter 33, we're back on the road now, headed to the promised land, and God's still mad at them. He says, for I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. Basically, he's like, if I got to talk to you or be around you, I'll probably just kill you. So Moses took the tabernacle and he pitched it without the camp. So apparently they got it built and we're just not going to discuss any of that. <laughs> and it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. Verse 11 says, the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. See, told you. Mm -hmm. And Moses is like, look, you said for me to bring these people to the promised land, but it's shaping up to be way too much of a job for me. So you got to go with us or we're going to have to call this off. And God said, don't worry, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. And Moses says, listen, Lord, would it be okay for me to see you face to face for real instead of this cloud? 
Well, no, thou canst not see my face and live. But I tell you what, there's a spot on top of this mountain where you can hide in the cleft of the rock, and I'll walk past you and cover that spot with my hand. And then when I get past, I'll move my hand and you can see my back as I walk away. But that's as good as we can do. And that's as far as we read. But there's a really good third day song about this very incident that I'll post on Facebook if I remember. Yeah. So the golden calf, after all the miracles they witnessed, in their hearts and minds, they were still slaves looking for a leader to follow. They didn't mix faith with what God had done for them. They didn't bond with God after he demonstrated his power and his love for them. Miracles, signs, wonders, they don't save us. They can get our attention, but faith is what saved. Faith makes us Christ-like. And then in the New Testament, we read Matthew twenty-six sixty-nine through twenty-seven fourteen, And they have this fake show trial and they find Jesus guilty which far as he's concerned was the plan from the beginning. So while they're beating him up, Peter walks outside and a damsel recognizes him. And the word damsel in the Greek is like a maidservant or a slave. So she's there working in some capacity. And she's like, thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee, making it all public and everything. And Peter's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Made sure everybody standing around heard him say it. And he walks off and another servant girl recognizes him. In the Greek, She's another servant, but a different kind of servant. So not a slave, maybe, or something like that. And she's like, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath. He's like, I swear I don't know him. Cross my heart and hope to die. And a little while ago, Peter cut off a cop's ear and was ready to take on the whole crowd. Now he's letting a couple of teenage waitresses intimidate him. And then a third person said, no, you're one of them, I can tell. And Peter cusses him out saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly, which I'll bet he did. And in chapter 27, about this time, the sun's coming up. And the Sanhedrin, which was the ruling governmental body, decides he needs to be put to death. But they no longer have the authority to do that. Because when Jesus was a kid, the Romans took their ruling power away from him. And according to prophecy, that wasn't supposed to happen until the Messiah came. But again, Jesus was a kid. So there you go. But to have him executed, they needed Roman permission. So they took him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Meanwhile, Judas seems to realize that all this is getting way out of hand. And he repented and tried to return the 30 pieces of silver. So if he repented, does that mean he's in heaven now? I'm just asking. But the priests are like, look, that's not our problem. And they refuse to accept the money because it's blood money. So he throws it down and walks out and goes off and kills himself. So the priests decide to take the money and buy this field from a local potter to bury any indigent cases who die within the city limits and have no family or whatever, which was all fulfilled prophecy. Meanwhile, Jesus is being questioned by Governor Pilate, who said, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest, which is like, You said it, bro, or you better believe it. That's me. But when the chief priests accused him, he didn't answer him at all. And Pilate's like, you hear what they're saying, right? Don't you even want to make a defense? And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. I guess he'd never seen a guy that wanted to be executed before. But that's as far as we read. Jesus was always about the father's business, no day off, no self-defense. He spoke what the father gave him. 
Jesus is authoring and finishing saving faith for us. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 33, 1-11, and that's a praise psalm, with reasons why to praise God thrown in. He says, For praise is comely for the upright, for the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. And there's a couple verses on God as creator, which is important to God to be worshipped as creator. But we stopped at verse 11. So in verse 10, the Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations and frustrates the plans of the peoples. He still does that. He can still do that because everything about him is faithful and true. He created earth for us to enjoy with him. And he is the master of the reset. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 8, 33-36. And Solomon's wrapping up this chapter on his exhortation to not be stupid if you can manage it. He says, Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. For whoso findeth me findeth life. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Which, harsh. (laughs) So here's how we can be smart and make him happy. Don't neglect him, what he tells us, what we know that pleases him. Do, listen, watch, and wait for him. Otherwise, we will run to make things worse for ourselves. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 12th is Exodus 34.1 through 35.9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tablets of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest, and be ready in the morning, and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount, neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first, and Moses rose up early in the morning, and went up unto Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand the two tables of stone. And the Lord descended in the cloud, and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, and upon the children's children, unto the third and to the fourth generation. And Moses made haste, and bowed his head toward the earth, and worshipped. And he said, If now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for thine inheritance. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant, before all thy people I will do marvels, such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Observe thou that which I command thee this day. Behold, I drive out before thee the Amorite, and the Canaanite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land whither thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. But ye shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves. For thou shalt worship no other god. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous god. Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice unto their gods, and one call thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice, and thou take of their daughters unto thy sons, and their daughters go a-whoring after their gods, and make thy sons go a-whoring after their gods. Thou shalt make thee no molten gods. 
The feast of unleavened bread shalt thou keep. Seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread, as I commanded thee in the time of the month Abib. For in the month Abib thou camest out from Egypt. All that openeth the matrix is mine, and every firstling among thy cattle, whether ox or sheep, that is male. But the firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou redeem him not, then shalt thou break his neck. All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem, and none shall appear before me empty. Six days thou shalt work, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. In earing time and in harvest thou shalt rest. And thou shalt observe the feast of weeks, the first fruits of wheat harvest, and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. Thrice in the year shall all your men children appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. For I will cast out the nations before thee, and enlarge thy borders. Neither shall any man desire thy land, when thou shalt go up to appear before the Lord thy God thrice in the year. Thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven. Neither shall the sacrifice of the feast of the Passover be left unto the morning. The first of the firstfruits of thy land thou shalt bring unto the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words. For after the tenor of these words I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. And it came to pass, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. And Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. And afterward all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him. Chapter 35 And Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together, and said unto them, These are the words which the Lord hath commanded, that ye should do them. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be to you an holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. Ye shall kindle no fire throughout your habitations upon the Sabbath day. And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair, and ram skins dyed red, and badger skins, and shittim wood, and oil for the light, and spices for anointing oil, and for the sweet incense, and onyx stones, and stones to be set for the ephod, and for the breastplate. And our reading in the New Testament for February 12th is Matthew 27, 15-31. Now at that feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner, whom they would, and they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. 
But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people, and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. The soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him, and led him away to crucify him. And our reading in Psalms for February 12th is Psalm 33, 12-22. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works. There is no king save by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. And our reading in Proverbs for February 12th is Proverbs 9, 1-6. Wisdom hath builded her house, she hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beasts, she hath mingled her wine, she hath also furnished her table. She hath sent forth her maidens, she crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live, and go in the way of understanding. And that is it for the twelfth. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. And we all been watching how things are starting to shape up in the world, and while it's scary for some, I think God's hand is getting easier to see. So I thought we'd do a week on God's timing. So today's prayer is on Romans 11.25, which says, for I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on how God has a reason for putting you where you are, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, your chosen people have been in a holding pattern since the crucifixion, waiting for the time of Gentile rule to end. Just as you have partially blinded Israel to keep them in sync with your plan, sometimes you deny our prayers because it's not yet time for them to be answered, or because what we think we want now is not as good as what you have for us later. Teach us to have faith in your ways and your plan, 
and to always remember there is so much we don't know about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawning I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody that's listening and let this podcast be helpful to them in some kind of way. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. If you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, could you just try to not make them any worse? Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. So remember how every time Moses brought some... uh, First sentence.